Hello, and welcome to Serious Vintage. I'm Jeff Mose. And I'm Nat Mose. Today, we'll be talking about Gen Con and food in Indianapolis. We're here with Jerry Yang. We had him on earlier when we talked about the Tuan Sirius Open, and uh, since he is a longtime attendee of Gen Con and somewhat of a gourmand, we brought him back. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi, Jerry. Hi. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're about a month away from Gen Con as of recording this. I think we're actually like 26 or 7 days away. Yeah, we're a month away from the last day of Gen Con. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've been getting excited. Pants are getting tighter every day. I I cannot keep pencils on my desk at work. (laughs) Uh, So wow, a lot of Magic players or a lot of vintage players anyway are disappointed that there's not going to be vintage champs at Gen Con. But you know, I always find myself more excited about the non-vintage champs parts of Gen Con. Well, regardless, I, I think we've talked about this in a past podcast, but vintage for an uncut sheet of antiquities is pretty nice like i don't know is it better than a painting i think it's probably better than a painting to me (laughs) it's pretty close for me to me it feels like a more vintagey prize than the painting how about an uncut sheet of beta that'd be better i would also take an uncut (laughs) sheet of beta i wouldn't i i only want antiquities yeah that has a special affinity for antiquities for some reason over beta i do your workshop player through and through i know (laughs) That's true. I just think there's there are a lot of fun cards in antiquities. There are a lot of really terrible cards in antiquities too. There sure are. Like uh, wow. I do have to say though, uh, before we get too far away from Gen Con, one of my favorite parts about going to Gen Con is seeing vintage players that I would never get a chance to see except for Gen Con. Like unfortunately this year Blaine's not going to show up, but normally we we meet up with Blaine. At least the Cleveland crew does. And, you know, it's nice to just meet up with people like Blaine Christian and other people from TMD and the vintage community worldwide. Right. And I think we all have that nice connectivity, I guess, from vintage that makes it extra fun, especially when you just yeah. sit down, go to, like, a restaurant and drink a beer and hang out. Yeah, yeah I think I, that's I, true. And, and it's unfortunate that some of that will be marred this year simply because Champs was moved. So I think that there are people who had to make the decision between coming to Gen Con and coming to Champs and chose Champs instead. So undoubtedly we'll have a lower turnout. I chose Gen Con instead. I'm going to uh, both. Yeah, I, I, think <laughs> it, I think part of the thing about the, the vintage community is that a lot of the players are really sort of just nice, agreeable, friendly people. Like they're just worth hanging out with every once in a while. But as Jerry pointed out, it's, it's nice to get to see people and interact with them offline. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to Gen Con. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, and so I know Jeff and I have only been really going to Gen Con for two years now. We, our first Gen Con trip was in 2011. Which and, is funny um, because I only went because they were like, "Yeah, Jeff, come to Gen Con. You won't." <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> it was more like we didn't think you would ever go because I don't know, but it was good you did. Yeah, so I really just had to show you guys up. <laughs> Reverse psychology works. You, you proved us all wrong, I guess. Yeah, and it was totally worth going, so yeah. everybody won there. <laughs> I have to thank J.R. Goldman Bergstein, yeah. um, because he invited me and Trogdon out to Gen Con back in like 2005, 2006, I want to say. And that was your first one? Oh, yeah. And I just remember having a blast. 
and we've gone every year ever since, just trying to get as many people to go and, you know, uh, split the cost of the commute and stuff like that. But Gen Con is just such a good time, and getting to meet all the people that you read about and, you know, from, like, the tournament results and read about online, it's just such a good time. Right. And you, I mean, did you play in uh, Vintage Champs every year then, too? Uh, every year, and did terribly <laughs> so, every single year. So, uh, so your record is what now? <laughs> uh, my record, if you don't count the last two years, my record was 1 in X, with the one win being in 2008 against CJ. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. You played in every round, right? Every round, I'm not counting the buys, but every round from, let's say, 2005 or six. Until 2008, every round was O and X. Wow. <laughs> every that's tournament, sorry, was O and X. See, I don't even see how that's possible, because, like, even the worst Magic player ever wins a match. Like, how <laughs> did really... you manage that? It's like well, it's like taking a multiple-choice actually... test and getting every question wrong. <laughs> there, see, the thing is, there's actually only one worst Magic player. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's Jerry. has to be <laughs> someone. It's wow. Like, we are in the presence of greatness. I, it's certainly the presence of something. <laughs> it's it nice takes to be the skill best to do something. that. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty bad. Were, so, you, so, were you making, like, subpar deck choice? Like, you weren't a vintage noob then either. Uh, well, it depends on what you mean by vintage noob. But, like, okay, my one example is, again, in 2007, the same year Steve Menendian won, we were playing the same deck. I think I had four or five cards different, and that was it. Well, that made um, a difference, didn't it? It apparently did, yeah. <laughs> he and wasn't playing any of the Moxen. I was not. He was like, no. don't need him. <laughs> but uh, I remember playing a round against one of the Freno brothers. I think it was uh, Raphael. Mm-hmm. And I had the worst game of Magic I've ever played in my life. <laughs> I played no spells. I drew and played every single one of my lands in a grow deck, so all 14. <laughs> in, in, in our last game, me and Raphael, our last game of the round, where I just like I apologize. I'm like, I, I can't do anything. Like literally, all I had was lands. That's all I drew. And so was he playing some sort of stack? He's playing, of course, were... yeah, workshops. So he just blew me out. So, so you kept a hand that had seven lands. Uh huh. You're like, oh, this is gonna be awesome against the best the ever. because yeah, like if you have seven lands in a grow deck, you only have seven other lands left in your right. deck. Right. And so I was like, it's impossible possible for me to ever to like draw lands. Nope. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I, I played every single land and I the the game couldn't have lasted more than like five turns. Like he just completely blew me out. Right. Way to beat I the odds, didn't. Jerry. It was You're the best. <laughs> Gotta be good at something, right? <laughs> well so so has Trogan been going with you all those years? Every single year, yeah. Uh, and in fact I'm kinda of disappointed this will be the first year Trogan yeah. isn't going. Yeah, me too. He has made Top eight once or twice? Multiple times, yeah. Multiple times, yeah. yeah. He has a very solid track record, and I'm just disappointed because he's got a real good shot of winning that uncut antiquity sheet. So, I, mean, I figure it'd be oh, good for Trogden yeah, to win. That's the perfect thing for Trogden to have. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm hoping that one of us can bring it home in, in Trogden's name this year. Hopefully yeah. we'll see. Yeah, somebody should do that. We should Probably we should you, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't count on it. Uh, my, my track record is not good for Jeff <laughs> So uh, what are you guys, are you guys planning on playing in the, the Vintage Champs? Well, the, I, I think the de facto Vintage Champs is going to be the, the uncut antiquities sheet. So yeah. you guys are both uh, planning on playing in that? Oh yeah, I am. for sure. Definitely. And do you have, do you have decks already planned out or are you, are you still waiting? Like we have a month, so. 
Are you I, narrowing I don't, in? I don't have anything. I unfortunately have been away from the game for a while. Yeah. So currently I have Burning Long put together. Uh-huh. And, which, uh, which I know you've talked about and you don't enjoy playing. I, I do not, but it is the only deck I have put together and I've been playing it because other people want to test against it because it's a definitive part of the metagame. Right, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, I think that might be the one deck I'll play just because I've actually played it as opposed oh. to playing a new deck. I see. I don't think I've put it together anything since the Twan Sirius Invitational, so I still have Restoration Angel Control together. I don't really know what I'll be playing when, when Gen Con comes around. I think this will be interesting because I always am worried about predicting that yeah. a new card will actually shake up the vintage metagame because the vintage metagame is so resistant to being shaken up. Right. Do we have any new cards coming in? Well, Young, Young Pyromancer, Pyromancer coming around. People are talking uh, about that a lot. People are talking about it a lot. I think it could be pretty cool. It it could be a fun time if he decides to show up and, and make some noise. He's right. the one that makes uh 1-1s every time he casts an instant sorcery? Yeah, that's right. Oh, that seems real good against workshops. Yes, exactly right. And and as we established in the, the chat the other day, Young Pyromancer plus Ancient Grudge against shops, oh man, it's blood. Oh, what a beating. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and there's, I mean, there's lots of interactions with Young Pyromancer. I mean, yeah. Young Pyromancer and Cabal Therapy. Yeah. That's pretty good. Oh, man, yeah, yeah. that's good. Um, well, and so it's it's pretty uh, good against the Workshop match. It's also pretty good against the Control match, right? Because right. It, just by playing the Control match, you're going to win the game by playing, getting more threats. By, by right. playing even if they counter them. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then yeah. uh, is it good in, across the board then? Is it, it's probably not very good against Dredge. Uh, well, yeah, but that's why you have a sideboard, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that's pretty good. I mean, if if the format's more creature-based now and it's good against workshops and control decks, it seems like it'd be a easy choice. Right. Yeah, yeah I think it, it'll be interesting. Totally I, I think that Vintage right now is sort of weak to Creature Swarm. Mm-hmm. There isn't a lot of, like, I see very few decks like playing Echoing Truth these days. There are some Ratchet Bombs and Engineered Explosives floating around, but I don't think it's heavily played, and that could definitely uh, kill well, some people who are unprepared. Nice going. Way to kick yourself in the pants. Like oh! it's, this is a podcast. People are gonna know now. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, is this the first year you're gonna play with full power, or do you have full power yet? I yeah, this will be the first time. Okay. Oh man. I'm yeah. fully suited up and ready to go. Yeah. Now you can ride your uh, strap these on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd like to get one more mox before I go or there. That'll put me at three boxes plus Ancestral Time Walk and Lotus. What about you, Nat? What are you, you going to play? Or have you decided not decided yet? I don't know yet. I have a sort of metagamed fish deck that I have together. And if I can get... I think if I can get one more mox, I can play a decent Gushlet, which may or may mm-hmm. not include Young Pyromancer or something. I don't know. So. Well, I do like Gush with Young Pyromancer. That sounds nice. I know. Doesn't it sound really good? I hadn't played Gush, really, until recently. And... Once you have cast Gush, it's really hard to get off the train of casting Gush, because that's just a fun spell <laughs> to resolve. Oh, yeah. The, the whole no mana, draw two cards. Yeah, yeah. it's just like, oh, this is so good. Well, yeah, yeah and I have I, I have a Gush combo list together right now that I'm, I've been toying with off and on for a couple months now. And I think that's, that is that the, the four regrowth Gush list? Yeah. You should play at the uh, TSO coming up in Columbus. Yeah, we'll see. But that that one would be one that right now I have four moxes in it, and I could probably drop one of those for a land if I had had an extra mox to play. But. Oh, you could be totally counterintuitive and replace one of the moxes with mox opal. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> a bold move. Mox, mox opal. I think yeah. I'm playing, I think I'm playing a total of 
six artifacts in that deck. Yeah, it's so good enough. That's activation right there. I, guess, I mean, you I only need half of those on the board. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but I'm not really sure. I, I, I'll probably have the makings for that deck and another one when I go. See, I think. I think for me, uh, in Gen Con's past, one of the hardest parts for me was I wanted to play multiple formats at Gen Con. And it's very difficult to have, like, a vintage deck put together, a legacy deck put together, uh, an extended or standard deck put together, and yeah. tweak them all while you're there. Well, but, more than that, I mean, I think it's hard to play in multiple formats because basically, like, I mean, when you choose a format to play for the day, that's all you're going to do that day. Oh, yeah. Unless you're Jerry and you bomb out after two rounds. <laughs> I stick it through, usually. I take my beatings. Yeah, because I know I've played a full day of Vintage where I've played in two qualifiers on Friday, or on Thursday, rather, and, man, that'll take it out of you. You're, mm-hmm. you're pretty much done by the time you want to, you know, actually play in the Champs on Friday. So actually, I think this will be a good year for relaxing a little bit from the, the normal grind of, of, <laughs> of magic playing in turn. Yeah, <laughs> first world problems. So many, so many well, magic. Turns. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that Nat and I both agreed on that when we came out of our, and we were not alone in coming out of our first Gen Con saying, I think we played too much magic this year, yeah. and we didn't partake of the other bounteous feast that Gen Con has to offer. Oh, now that I agree with. There is so much to do at Gen Con. It is, it is just too much. You, you literally get overloaded with choices of things to do at Gen Con. Yeah. I think that the, that Thursday, that first day of Gen Con, the exhibit hall is such a great time. Yeah. Because all the, uh, exhibitors and vendors have all a bunch of like a free swag to give away. And you get to demo all the games and it's just a fun time just to try new card games and whatnot. But there's other stuff too at Gen Con. There's, I think we, <laughs> was it two years ago or was it last year that we got a group together for True Dungeon? That oh, was yeah. last year. <laughs> <laughs> and and so that's always a good time. I yeah, so, so <laughs> this was advertised to us by Jimmy McCarthy as being like a really good time that he had done it with his friends previously and we should all do it. And right. we paid a decent amount to go and do True Dungeon and... and let me tell you, I was advertised that if we did this after, I think, 10 o'clock or something, that there would be a bar, a bar? at the True That's, Dungeon. Yeah, we were promised and, and, a bar. Yeah, I was under the impression that this was like a bar that would be available throughout the True Dungeoning experience. I was really just looking forward to watching a bunch of my friends get hammered in some sort of <laughs> really <laughs> dumb role-playing experience. Which you basically instead did. We, instead, we just had a dumb role-playing experience. <laughs> you guys were not nearly hammered enough to have fun playing True Dungeon. No, it... it I I just felt like hmm. there was a lot that was sort of misrepresented in True Dungeon. And I think part of it was that they, you know, they put you into a group, and the, the party you end up taking in is... A group of, was it 10 people? It was 10, 10 people. people. And yes. it's so many people. Yeah, to try it's, a, it's a lot of people to deal with, especially right. when one of them is an idiot and the other one is Jerry, who is actively sabotaging hey, the group with bad ideas. I right. started it out by saying that my goal was to sabotage us the entire time. Right. <laughs> and, I, you know, I think another part of it was that there was so much trouble trying to 
hear the instructions and yeah. the backstory and all of the talking that you know the dungeon master people, the guides were doing. I didn't hear a single instruction given by a dungeon master because there was ten people and it was just impossible to hear in that kind of ruckus. Yeah, even yeah. if we weren't making noise, I mean, the venue just ate all the sound from right. just into the background hum of everything else going on. Right. You're basically in one giant room of the convention center and the tops of all the rooms are open, so everyone's talking, and it just turns into a huge echo chamber up top. Yeah. What was it? Like, uh, did they set up, like, these wooden partitions or something? Or yeah. what, what yeah, were the walls were, made out of? It, it was different things. It was cloth and... Yeah, there were just there were the there were solid ones that you couldn't walk through, but there were all sorts of, like, um, right. basically curtains that they could walk oh, through. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right, and, and part, of, just, it, part yeah. of it, too, is that... <laughs> the spellcasters, which I, know, I think last year was Jeff and me, were yes. spent so much time studying these stupid charts that I think I used once. <laughs> and I studied it really well. Like I could probably still do pretty well at it. I, I was I was <laughs> amused that your chart was like super hard. It had like a couple of easy ones and then a bunch of super hard ones. And the only time that you actually did it, right. you got one of the super easy ones. <laughs> No, I, I I think I had to use it twice, but it was a lot harder than I cared to do, especially yeah. since I couldn't hear whatever else was going on. So it's just like, I'm going to focus on this and hope it comes up. <laughs> I, I think the most disheartening thing, and so I should say that we were playing the puzzle version, not yeah. the combat version, and I have no idea how the combat version would work out, but... But with the puzzle version, so the basic gist of this is that there were a bunch of puzzles that you had to do, and every time you tried, you, like, attempted a solution of the puzzle and failed, everyone in the room took damage. And then if you failed the puzzle, you took about as much damage as you would by two failures. Right. So we would have been far better off if we had just attempted to solve none of the puzzles, because as soon as you fail them twice... Yeah. You so we could have just stood around high-fiving each other for, <laughs> for five and minutes. And man, that sounds like it would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, Which, if we were actually hammered, right, we probably would have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was just disappointing all around. Yeah. It was unfortunate. Yeah. I think even Jimmy came out of that saying, wow, this was not the experience that I had last time, and I'm really disappointed. Well, well, the, was he disappointed in us, or was he disappointed in them? Both. I think he was disappointed in us. I think well, so. both. <laughs> I think he was disappointed in Twan ruining that last puzzle and getting us all killed. <laughs> he, well, Twan didn't, like, knowingly ruin it. He was, yeah, he you know, did. No, no, he didn't knowingly, he didn't knowingly ruin it, but that doesn't right. matter. He was still an idiot and ruined yeah. it. Oh, that's alright. And I can Poor say Twan. that. I, I don't blame Twan for ruining that. It was just I that that Jerry. whole thing was a mess. Yeah, yeah. it was Jerry's fault. Because <laughs> Jerry was just moving those swords around at the end. And... That's the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, true dungeon, disappointing. Unfortunately, yeah, was, disappointing. Was, well, on the flip side, what was really awesome was the Gen Con dance. Well, we didn't do that last year. Last that was, well, yeah. that was two years 2011. ago. Yeah. yeah, we're going back to the Gen Con dance this year. Oh, I have yeah. yet to go to a Gen Con dance. I skipped the first one because I thought that I had lost Josh Chappell's Bojo? dredge deck, oh. and I basically tore oh, the right. I tore oh, the right. hotel room apart trying to find it while everyone was gone because oh. I didn't want to admit to Josh that I thought I had lost his dredge deck. Nice. Did you find it or did he have it? He you eventually found it. found it. Like I eventually gave up, and then he found it underneath a pile of stuff, and I was like, oh. "Thank God." So you you had oh. given it back to him, and he had lost yeah, it. Yeah, I had given it back you, to him, and he just placed it somewhere there. when we were yeah. totally like whacked out at three a.m. or something. Oh man! 
And that that was when I swore I'm never borrowing cards from anyone again because I just don't want to deal with that kind of stress. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially with sanctioned vintage decks, they're so expensive. Yeah, yeah. I just I I, I don't want to ever get into that feeling again. It was awful. Right. Well, and, and Dredge isn't even especially expensive. I mean, it's got the four bazaars in it, he, but that's he still a thousand dollars. Yeah, he was fully Russian and foily though. So. Oh well, yeah, but still, even that, that's not. It, it was still enough. <laughs> right. I was stressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you're baller. You, you can cover that. Yeah. <laughs> I was poorer back then. <laughs> but you guys went to the dance and apparently had a miraculously good time. It was great. The Gen Con dance was such a alcohol fueled enjoyment. Well, I, I know, awesome. I, I know that Jared, Jared Dewey and I had walked around, or we we had actually gone to the baseball game before the dance because they have the Indianapolis Indians are right downtown there. So you, you can walk to the stadium and then you know continue with your Gen Con experience. So we we were coming back from this baseball game and we walked around forever trying to find where the dance was because it wasn't right on the uh, it wasn't in the general area of the, oh yeah it's set aside. Yeah, the convention centers. <laughs> and I, I think the that's just over there. Yeah, well, they do because they moved the real degenerates away. <laughs> they do. Yeah, and as soon as we got there, everyone was like, "Oh, you have to go to the hotel bar next door." <laughs> so, so that's what we did. <laughs> A bold move. Yeah, because I, I know the plan. Well, I know CJ's plan anyway was to go to the hotel bar, get four drinks, one for the walk back to the dance. <laughs> Two for the dance, and then one for the walk back to the hotel bar. And that was only because the bar <laughs> set up at the Gen Con dance was ridiculously stupid. Like, there were, I, I don't know what it was about the mindset of the, the attendees at the dance, but there were actual people queued up to, to like, meet lines up Long to a bar. Yeah. I've never for, seen that at a bar ever. One bartender. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And so, like, I just walked up to the bar and got all these glares by these people, right? But yeah. But that's Eventually, how bars work. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So uh, I go up to the bar, and I ask for a Johnny Walker neat because I don't drink beer or anything like that. And I ask for a Johnny Walker, and the guy had this unopened bottle of Johnny Walker Black just sitting there. So he cracked it open and gave me this, <laughs> you know, those clear plastic, like, 16-ounce yeah. cups? He just poured the entire thing full of Johnny Walker because I asked for it neat. He just poured it full of Johnny Walker. Hands it to me, it's like five dollars. <laughs> my, my head explodes. Just, <laughs> I must so, have been like five shots of whiskey. Yeah, so, so how how much value did you actually get out of that plastic I, cup of I scotch? Mean, you figure a shot of whiskey is probably like what five six bucks at a, at any right. other place. Right. So I definitely got a five for one deal. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the only way to do the Gen Con dance is to get the Jerry Yang deal. <laughs> Uh, if you could also go to the hotel bar and get get the beers that were cheaper and right. didn't have a ridiculously long line. Right. Um, well, but yeah, I, but it's a ridiculously long walk back to the hotel bar. <laughs> Outside of the bar, was, I mean, the actual dance itself was such a great time. Everyone was in a good mood. The music was pumping. You had, what, Dead Mouse Girl in yeah, the, Dead Mouse in the Girl. hat? Patrick Chapin. Uh, Patrick Chapin dancing. It was such a good time. Yeah. Uh, good time all around. Uh, Nat, weren't you uh, experiencing the magical elevator at some point, too? Oh yeah, well there, there was this elevator. Well, because we we were all, <laughs> as true social ineptitude would lead us to do, we were all sort of standing off to the side of the Gen Con dance up on a balcony. Port, yeah, a balcony. There was an elevator that would go up and down to the dance floor, and then it had a couple other floors. And so we were putting beer bottles on that, and then hitting the button. And <laughs> when the elevator would come back, they'd be gone. <laughs> so, no, mind you, these are empty beer bottles, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, we're not. <laughs> We're not wasting alcohol here, but I mean, 
I was just really glad that they took those for us. That was very nice of them. But we, I mean, we were using the elevator to go all through the building. Like we were, we were going down to the kitchen area and up. They had some other rooms that weren't being yeah. used and stuff. It was kind of cool to explore because it was the, that was at uh, Union Station. So it was oh the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the old train station. They had some, they had some cool stuff around. Cool. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Have you checked the events list to see where the the dance is this year? Is it in the same place? Yeah. It was in the same place last year. I haven't checked it. Yeah, neither have I. But I know we're all looking forward to it, so if you go to your own Gen Con events list, I'm sure you can find it. And you can see us there. And plus, uh, was it JR and Josh Chappell got the amazing shot of... That's right. So, like, you know how there are the portraits of couples as they enter a dance at, like, prom? Yeah. At the Gen Con dance... There was the portrait guy, and Josh and Jr. decided to get a portrait of themselves where Jr. is on his back with his feet up, and uh, Josh is like doing the airplane. Yeah, <laughs> it's a yeah, really impressive I, shot. I've seen that photo, but I didn't know it was it was, oh, that it was a, the situation it is that a came out. Great on. photo. Oh my. And of course they were drunk, so it was not graceful at all. It took well, like five minutes to pull even, off. Even if they're not drunk, I'm not sure if that was <laughs> <is> graceful. <laughs> well, because I, I mean, this also led up to Jr. doing the uh, parkour high five that oh yeah <laughs> led to him busting up his shoulder. So Nat, could you explain the parkour high five for those oh, well, who, got, who are not aware? I mean, I'm not even sure if I was there, but, uh, I mean, the, the, the basic thing is that JR saw a guy that he really wanted to high five out on the street, um, after. Who was sitting on a, like a recessed window ledge. Yeah. About three, four feet up in the air. Right. So he, he really wanted to high five this guy and decided that he was going to parkour high five him and time his run and jump off of a couple of other ledges and the wall and, you know, parking barrier and whatever else. And in the process of trying to high five him, he, high-fived him, and then fell on his arm real hard. <laughs> yeah, I think that, uh, as far as I've heard it, he executed several jumps and a, and a wall run up to the right. up to the high-five, yeah. but then neglected to think about how he was going to get back down and just right. fell. <laughs> yeah. And I think one of the best little small notes about that is that JR had two pocketfuls of beers in glass bottles. <laughs> and... Neither of his beers broke. They were still good. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. Yeah, that was real good. <laughs> he saved his beers. That could yeah. have been a hospital trip. Yeah, like, that would have been a fun Gen Con experience. <laughs> did you, I wonder did about you get the into hospital, a uh... fight in a bar? No, no. I was like, we're high-fiving someone. <laughs> about the hospital visits that Gen Con brings about. Oh, I'm sure there's some weird stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's more than I care to know about. <laughs> One of the nice things about Gen Con also is, at least last year, was that the food trucks took over one of the side streets. Mm -hmm. And so every day you would have a rotation of food trucks that were local to Indy that would rotate out. I think there was like more than a dozen of them, and they rotated out every hour. And so you could just visit 
every hour and see a completely different lineup of food trucks. Yeah, I know they had some good stuff out there. <laughs> there, were, there were some better ones and some worse ones. And... Yeah, I'm pretty sure I remember you getting shafted, Nat, when like you waited in a long line just to have them say that they were totally out of food. Well, they were out of the thing that I was going to get. I don't remember oh. what that was, but I remember waiting in line for a long time, and it was really hot, too. Yeah, <laughs> that, it was, that was rough. That, that alley was you know, completely paved and... When Baking you're standing in the outside, sun. noonday sun, like there's no shade, so you're just standing out there in line for. Yeah, I think uh, this year, at least for me, I'm gonna try to switch it up and go to the food trucks less. As Jason Jaco has posted a list of a bunch of interesting looking restaurants to go to. Right. And I, I think I'm interested in trying just a bunch of a whole bunch of new restaurants because I think one of the problems is that we tend to go to the same restaurants every right. year. Like for example, I always go to St. Elmo's for their shrimp cocktail. Yeah, I'm not planning on going to Shane almost this year. It's really expensive. That's the only issue yeah. for me. Is it's just like you know, a hundred bucks on a meal is kind of way up there. And so right. enjoy yourself at Alinea later this year, Jerry. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Alinea. <laughs> Alinea. <laughs> but uh, and then like we also go to like the Tapas Bar Barcelona. Right. Um, yeah, I think that one was pretty good. Like, I had a good time yeah. there last year because I, well, and I think part of that was because we had a smaller table off to the side. Was it the three of us and yeah, well, and, I think and so. someone else? And that was actually really nice because right. we had a more romantic was, setting. Yeah, yeah actually, yeah. it was very romantic, <laughs> yeah. and it was very, it was, it was a lot line. easier to figure out who was buying what. Right. And also, the portions were really good for four people trying something. Right. Yeah, I agree. And, our, and I think our else. waiter quit. <laughs> yeah, midway through, I think he did leave. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the thing. Like, we were there. Our table of four was part of a larger group of, like, 20. So yeah, I think he was a little stressed out. Yeah. Well, even even though of, we weren't being jerks to him. No. I think that's one of the best things about Gen Con, too, is that, like, you'll randomly walk into Barcelona or, like, the Ram Brewery, and you'll be sitting there with a bunch of gamers talking about magic, and, like, the next table over will be another table of gamers. Right. When Gen Con's going on, that's pretty much all of the people that are downtown in yeah, Minneapolis it's, it's taken are gamers over. of yeah. some sort. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. But, so I think I'm looking forward to a couple different places. One of the places that comes to mind is Punch Burger. I really think we should be going to Punch Burger. I really day. don't know how we can avoid that. <laughs> I mean, with the legacy of Sandwich Punch, as strong as it is, I, I don't think we can skip that one. It's unfortunate, <laughs> though, because Sandwich Punch is going to be on the top of everyone's mind. No sandwiches are going to get punched in Punch Burger, and that seems like a travesty. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, I think it just takes some people to get drunk beforehand. That's true. If they're not thinking clearly, they won't be thinking about sandwich punch. <laughs> Do you remember last year when Greg was just drunk off his <laughs> at the hotel bar? For and, four days. <laughs> and, I, and I deliberately left my sandwich unguarded. It was like two bites left. And he made a huge effort to reach over and punch it and then fell out of his chair on the way back. That's right, yeah. He was super stoked that he got it, and I was like, did that one just for you, Craig. (laughs) So we're going to Punch Burger. What's that all about? Punch Burger is just a burger place. Yeah, I mean... Is it gourmet, or is it just like... No, it it was along the cheaper lines, like Five Guys or something like that. Sounds good Um, to me. Where it's like sit-down, burgers on a grill, and you just sit down and get cheaper food. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, because I remember the, the first year we went, I went to dinner with Matt Hazard, Mark Trogdon, and CJ to Moe's Steakhouse. Oh, yeah. 
And, Did you like uh, the cream corn, right? Oh, the cream corn is so good. <laughs> like, I really kind of just want to go back there just to stop in and see if they'll give me a to-go box of the cream, oh, cream corn. corn? <laughs> yeah. Man. You know, that cream corn is almost as legendary as the, as uh, the chicken, wing? chicken chicken tenders. Yeah. Oh, man. I've been hearing about this for a whole year. <laughs> You're I so cynical about this. About yeah. I, you know, the thing is that, like, they're, they're, in my mind, they're just chicken tenders. How good no. can chicken tenders no. be? <laughs> but everyone I've talked to just raves about these darn chicken tenders. Well, it's interesting because they are so different from typical chicken tenders because <laughs> they're, you can they're, tell no, that... They're, they're just well, better than other chicken tenders. A, well, a year-long troll. It's you just, get used it's to... It's actually been two years, I think. You, you get used to the heavily processed standard chicken tender, and these actually look like they started with chicken and made a chicken tender out of it. Oh, please. Well, they're not dry. That's yeah. my big complaint about chicken tenders, is that they usually either overcook them or they start out dry. So. Well, in any case, I'm looking forward to ending this year-long troll and, and trying yeah, the dark well, chicken tenders. You're going mean, go to you're, you're gonna hate these chicken tenders yeah. regardless. Just yeah. <laughs> exactly. you actually like them, you're just going to be like, these are the worst chicken tenders I've hey, ever had. You're, you're all gonna be, You're going to be pissed I, off for two hours. I, yeah. gave, I gave White Castle its full due, and it was... Pleasantly surprising, and I'll, I'll give the, these <laughs> chicken tenders. Better than you thought it would be. Exactly, yeah. That's because I'm, we were I'm, playing down White Castle. Right. <laughs> well, I have low right. expectations for these chicken tenders. Just so you guys. Okay. The lead up to White Castle was, oh, well, you should probably try it. <laughs> <laughs> like this is an experience. You know, <laughs> you enjoy it. You should just try it. You should probably have an intestinal cleaning at least once in your lifetime. Right. So have some White Castle. <laughs> right. One of the places that Jayco and I have been talking about for a long time now is Yet's. It's a Cajun slash Creole place. It's a little bit further, but I think where it's going to be, we're going to actually finally go this year. Okay. Is that a place that we'd have to drive to from the convention area? No, it's two miles away, so we could drive. So yes. If it's hot. Well, if it's hot, I suppose. But, you know, two miles seems okay to walk. Like, we've been to Acapulco Joe's and that's two miles away, so. Oh yeah, Acapulco Joe's. Yeah. That's the one where uh, you recommended that. Yeah. And then I think I, I responded you to you by saying... You successfully <laughs> trolled me for an entire year saying that you guys all got diarrhea. <laughs> that was the best. When, like, it, when, in fact, you guys had an okay time. It was great. The, the salsa was tasty. It was different. Yeah, the salsa's really good. Yeah, it has, like, a nice cinnamony aftertaste. Yeah. And so, like... It was actually really good, but I, I wanted to troll Ned about <laughs> how, how, like, I told him that he almost caused us to miss Vintage Champs because yep. of it, and it was great. And I, I, totally I felt really this. bad, because I really didn't know for a long time <laughs> that you guys were actually okay. Wow, what a jerk. I know. No, it was brilliant. I mean, it was, it was really good. It was just... <laughs> Yeah, Acapulco Joe's was great. And plus, you get so much food. I think I spent like yeah. $6 there, and I <laughs> ate half my meal. It was yeah. just it was so much food. Well, and they'll keep bringing you salsa and stuff. I learned about that place from a, a roommate of mine who used to live in India, and he actually bought the salsa by the gallon. So. Oh, so good, yeah. Yeah. So I think we'll definitely try to uh, hit up Acapulco Joe's again. That's good, because I've never been there. Oh, good. So we can at least try to hit it up. But there's a couple other places. Jaco mentioned the Ball and the Biscuit. Mm-hmm. More of a drinking place, but it seems to be a trendier, like I want to say, almost hipster, like eatery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I did notice that there is no PBR on the menu, so it can't be that bad. Oh, it's a good sign. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I know, I know uh, Ryan Seeley has also recommended. Was it Brew Burger? Yeah, we went to Brew Burger last year. Actually. Oh, did you? I didn't get to yeah. go. Where was I? Uh, 
I personally wasn't a big fan, but okay. the rest of the guys seemed to really enjoy their burgers, so maybe it's just what I ordered. Oh, what did you get? I don't remember. <laughs> was, it, oh. was, was it a plain hamburger, Jerry? It was not a plain hamburger. Oh, okay. Did it have an egg on it? It did have a fried egg on it, and the fried egg was overcooked. Ah, you That's the that. one thing I remember. Yeah. You can't order a, a burger with a fried egg and it not be, like, runny and gooey. It, it right. cannot be, you know, overcooked and hard with the yolk. Uh, forget it. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay, so that one might be an option. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a couple other... Interesting places, I suppose. Outside of the ones that I already mentioned, there's two different places that may or may not be related. One's called Smoking Goose, and the other one's called Goose the Market. They're on different streets, but they both have goose in their name, so that's how I'm thinking they're related. <laughs> ah, are but they, they both... actually related, or do you just think that? I think they are because they both specialize in locally sourced charcuterie. Oh, okay. Maybe it's a thing in Indies to name their restaurants Goose, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so like both Jake and I are big fans of charcuterie, so I think it'll be a good time to try one or the other. Or both. And so what exactly is charcuterie for uh, it's a people who don't know? Different types of smoked meats and okay. and or cured meats. Uh, so so the you're most, looking like sausages and ham. Yeah, and salami yeah. and prosciutto, you know, the standard capicola, all the standard smoked meats. Sure. It, with these two places, I imagine since Goose is in the name, at least the one I looked up, Goose the Market specializes in a specific goose charcuterie. Ooh. That's supposed to be pretty fancy. So looking to try and looking forward to trying that. There's another place that uh, I'm particularly fond of Scottish food. So there's well, this uh thing is how you're Scottish now. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And so there's this Scottish place called McNiven's that I, I kinda want to try it, but they have a actual Scottish breakfast and a wide range of Scottish uh, whiskies on the menu. So oh, do they have haggis? They do have haggis. In fact they boast uh-huh. they have the best haggis in America. Uh, oh, that's, that's quite a claim. <laughs> Is it though? I don't know. <laughs> I would go there. I would. I would go there just to try haggis. Yeah. Yeah. They have. Uh, they also have a scotch egg on the menu. Not being scotch, but right. Yeah. Yeah. But they have a scotch egg on the menu, so that's pretty cool. Right. Huh. Interesting. Are you planning on going to St. Elmo's again this year, Jerry, or are you going to skip that this year? For me, I think I'm going to go. Uh, I always enjoy that shrimp cocktail. I have never had a shrimp cocktail like that cocktail sauce at St. Elmo's. should probably tell the story of my first time going oh, to man. St. Elmo's with you. Did you go in 2011, Jeff? Yeah, I did. Okay. I had no idea what I was getting into, but everyone ordered shrimp cocktail. I personally did not. And, uh. Was that because you don't like shrimp cocktail or just because? I, I'm fine with shrimp not... cocktail, but I don't usually, like, it's not something no. I'll order off of a menu, like I'm fine eating it at, uh, casually right. at a party, but it's not something I just, I'm like, oh god, right. I gotta have the shrimp cocktail. And I didn't yeah, know, I, know that... <laughs> I didn't really know that the place was famous for shrimp cocktail, right. and when all of their shrimp cocktails got there, they were like, oh Jeff, you gotta try this, and I was like, <laughs> okay, so I like picked up a shrimp right, and I was fine, like, whatever. I was like, all right, well, if this, I'm not gonna be a sissy, so I like got a lot of the sauce on it. You must I just, have had like, like three tablespoons of that sauce. I, on I just threw the entire thing in wow. my mouth, <laughs> and, and I had no idea what was about to happen. But the so so your allergies cleared up immediately, right? Yeah, immediately. That, that, that stuff's pretty hot. Like it's chock full of horseradish. I, th- yeah. I think it actually has more horseradish than tomato in it. Tomato, yeah. I was. Uh, it, it's difficult to explain how it feels to suddenly like have that thrust <laughs> upon you, but it, it was. Well, your eyes completely popped wide open. Yeah, I think you almost fell out of your chair. Yeah, that's about right. It, it was holy. 
It was yeah. wow. Well, I have to give you extra bad props for not spitting it out of your mouth. <laughs> no, I ate not it. Not crying and not throwing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was there was quite a bit of cursing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that the fun part about Saint Elmo's last year was what they put us. Since we had a larger party, as usual. I think it was us, like 16. Yeah, yeah, they put us in the, the wine cellar room. That um, room was awesome. Yeah, which was just super swanky. <laughs> it was like we, we were down there in the wine cellar. They had, you know. Um, and we had the entire room to ourselves. Yeah, that was the, awesome. the full, all of us were sitting around one table. We got a couple of good group pictures down there. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it's funny was because fun. not only did we have a large group that was suited for the wine cellar, but we also were noticeably less dressed than the rest of the clientele. Oh, yeah. So it was a very good way to just sort of squirrel Hide us, us. R- yeah. down where no one would see us. Yeah. It was a great well, time, though. I have a good time at St. Almost because of two things. I, I really like their shrimp cocktail, and two, they specialize in dry-aged beef. Right. And their dry-aged beef is stellar. I don't know if you're listening to this and you've never actually had dry-aged beef before. Totally give it a shot if it's like a 30-day or more aged beef. It is completely different in texture and taste than normal beef. Mm. Um, it'll be noticeably softer and more blue cheesy in, like, smell. <laughs> Um, ah. Yeah, and the beef flavor is like ratcheted up through the roof, so it's it's pretty good. For a moment, I thought you were going to say that the beef flavor is wretched. Yeah, wretched, huh. huge man. <laughs> yeah. No, the the it's like uh, you basically get like a thousand percent beef flavor in a nice like buttery texture. Oh, neat. Yeah. I know you get, you also go to, uh, what's the breakfast place that you go to? Oh, yeah, so, yeah, I completely forgot about it. It's like a Gen Con tradition for me. But the first year I went, I remember seeing, meeting up with Mike Baumholt at Pettichu in the park, literally across the street from the convention center. Right. And ever since that fateful day, just every morning we'd go to Pettichu for breakfast. It's like a local, local student union and they serve, everything's, uh, fresh made and locally sourced and you just get a really solid breakfast. Oh, good. That, that place, uh, I remember walking by that a couple times. It always seems really busy. Do you have to go there really early, or yeah, do you I mean, just wait in line? You definitely wait for a table if you get there like at a normal breakfast time. Uh-huh. Uh, since I like to wake up early, I usually get there around 7, and uh-huh. you usually get a table right away. Can you get food to go? There is a takeout uh, section, okay. so you could probably call ahead oh, interesting. Um, and get a box to go. Yeah. They have these really good omelets. One of the best things that they have is a, a broken yolk sandwich. Okay. Um, which probably won't carry out too well. Right. But basically they take a sandwich and it's just open-faced and they give you a sunny-side-up egg so you can crack the yolk and have the goo go everywhere. Yeah, goo everywhere. The best. Yeah. But yeah, outside of that, I think there's a couple farmer's markets that are in the area too. Uh-huh. Um, one is the State House Market, in case you like to peruse local markets, I suppose. Uh-huh. And the other is the Indiana Farmer's Market, which is a couple blocks away. Oh, yeah. And both markets are really solid if you can get there when the farmers are actually there. Ah. But if you're playing in a magic tournament, that's not going to happen. So. Right. Uh, and it, did you see the uh, the Ruth Chris Steakhouse Gen Con special? Yeah, I saw is, that. Is that a trap? I don't know. Jayco seems to be pretty confident in it. Yeah. And I was reading previous... On the Gen Con um, boards, they have a Gen Con forum for, like, uh, food. Uh-huh. And the reviews from the other Gen Con attendees seem to be very positive. Okay. Yeah, they have a deal where you can pre-order a steak slider sack lunch on August 16th for $10. And as long as you... Uh, I think you have to pick it up between 10 and 2. Yeah, something like that. 
it's, uh, it's all pre-ordered too on yeah, the it's, internet. It's all pre-ordered. You just go over and pick it up. So my my thinking is that this might end up with a line of gamers out the door, but apparently yeah, well, if, if everything works out. they've been doing it for years, though. Right. My concern is that like a steak slider is probably not going to be very good if it's cold. Right. And so if you arrive there, like if let's say there's I don't know how many, let's say there's a hundred people, right? Right. Like a hundred steak sliders, that hundred steak sliders probably pretty cold. Right. Well, you don't think they keep preparing them throughout that four hours? Well, I mean, I think they do, but uh, still, like, the, the last one that they cook, right. you know, like, it's probably still going to be sitting there for a little bit of time. That's probably true. Yeah, but in any case, I, I think it, it'll be worth the $10 to give it a shot. Yeah, makes sense. Because if it's, you know, it's risk versus reward, I suppose. Like, it could be really good. Yeah, if you want to look into that, it's at ruthschrisindy.com slash GenCon, and you have to pre-order and pay four or more days in advance. Yeah, I think August 12th is the cutoff, right? Yeah. And uh, and we'll put links and information for some of the other restaurants we talk about in the text part of the podcast. All of your Gen Con eating needs will be taken care of. <laughs> so you don't need to go to that overcrowded Steak and Shake or the overcrowded Noodles and Company or yeah. fast food. Uh, man, I just feel sorry for the people that pour in and out of those places because there's so much opportunity around the convention center if they just walk like... Yeah. Five minutes more. Oh, yeah. there's... And the funny thing is, like, if you if you go two blocks, like, there's nobody in the restaurants at that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you get right in, you can sit down, you have better food. Yeah, one of the things I think is severely underrated is hitting up the mall. Normally I'm not a fan of mall food. Right. But it's, a, it's about two blocks away, so it's a little bit more of a walk. But you get to avoid that entire rush. Right of just people in, in all the different restaurants. Right. And you can get, I mean, if you're in for a cheaper experience, I mean, you can definitely get the cheaper food at the mall. Right. Um, for example, like at Steak and Shake, you can get the chocolate malt at the at Johnny Rockets in the mall. Right. And in, rather than waiting like half an hour for your shake, you can wait five minutes for your shake. That right. mall is pretty nice too. I know that Nat and I, in 2011, we got our food and we went out, there's a Atrium. Yeah, yeah there's the, an atrium, atrium. That, that goes over the street, and yeah. it's basically all glass. You can look out around the city, and it's a really pleasant environment to And, and they were having a free concert in there when we were there. Yeah, it was adorable. It was adorable. We sat so, in So, Jeff, you were a fan of small, romantic dining experiences? With his cousin, sure. yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had the romantic dining experience at Barcelona. Indianapolis, for me, is the city of romance <laughs> see, okay. that I leave my wife to go and visit. They have a canal and everything. <laughs> it's happened again. You've wasted another perfectly good hour listening to Serious Vintage. I'm Jeff Mose. I'm Nat Mose. And I'm Jerry Yang. And we hope you'll join us next time for more Serious Vintage. Take a little trip, take a little trip, take a little trip to see. Take a little trip, take a little trip, take a little trip with me. <laughs> you need to get Chapel back from the fourth dimension. <laughs> <laughs> Did, yeah, you fixed it because you muted one of you. Oh, wait, wait. But which one no. of you is the real you? We'll, just, <laughs> we'll have to shoot them both. Yeah, we'll have to shoot them both. <laughs>